0: Good morning, and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Saturday, January 27th. On today's show, Tuvalu's pro-Taiwan leader loses seat in closely watched election, and Donald Tusk is spoiling for a fight. Is he helping or hurting his cause? Plus, the Justice Department says Cuomo created a sexually hostile work environment as governor. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a significant development in international politics. In a closely watched election, Tuvalu's pro Taiwan leader has lost his seat. Prime Minister Kausea Natano, who pledged to maintain ties with Taiwan, failed to return to his seat on the main atoll of Funafuti. This could potentially impact Taipei's efforts to retain its dwindling number of diplomatic allies. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent Celeste. Can you tell us more about the significance of this election result?
1: Certainly, David. Tuvalu, with a population of just 11,200 people, is one of only 12 states that formally recognize Taiwan. Natano's loss could be a setback for Taiwan, which Beijing claims as its territory. Just last month, Noru, one of the four remaining Pacific Islands allies, switched recognition to Beijing, following similar moves by Solomon Islands and Kiribati in 2019.
0: What does this mean for Taiwan's diplomatic relations?
1: China refuses to recognize countries that have formal relations with Taiwan, which it has pledged to reunify with the Chinese mainland by force if necessary. Natano's rival, Sev Peinyu, who was returned to his seat, said he would seek the support of lawmakers to become prime minister after pledging during the election campaign to review the country's ties with Taipei. This could potentially lead to a shift in Tuvalu's diplomatic relations.
0: What's the broader context here? How does this election fit into the larger geopolitical landscape?
1: Pacific island nations such as Tuvalu are at the center of a competition for regional influence between China and the United States and its Western allies. In November, Natano signed a far-reaching deal with Australia that gives Canberra a say in Tuvalu's defense ties with other countries in exchange for security guarantees and a pathway to residency in Australia for Tuvalu citizens threatened by climate change. However, another potential contender for the leadership, Enela Sopoaga, has argued the deal should be scrapped because it infringes on Tuvalu's sovereignty.
0: What has been the international response to the election?
1: Australian Foreign Minister Penny Wong congratulated Tuvalu on the successful election and expressed eagerness to work with the new government. Australia and Tuvalu have a long standing friendship and share an interest in building a stronger, more resilient, and more peaceful Pacific.
0: After hearing from Simply Politics reporter Celeste about the recent elections in Tuvalu, let's shift our focus to Poland, where Donald Tusk, the returning veteran of Polish centrism, has taken a confrontational approach towards law and justice, Pias, the populist group he defeated in the recent elections. This is a stark contrast to his first stint as the country's prime minister, which was characterized by a conciliatory attitude. Joining us now is James, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more
2: about Tusk's approach this time around? Indeed, Tusk's second term as prime minister is proving to be quite different. He has moved quickly and decisively in tackling the task of undoing PIS's illiberal and far-reaching changes to the Polish state. His agenda, according to him and his supporters, is to restore Poland's democratic institutions. This has caused fissures in Polish society to explode into outright hostility.
0: What are some of the early moves Tusk has made since taking office?
2: One of the first things Tusk did was to take the country's public television channel, TVP, off the air this channel had essentially become a mouthpiece for the previous government. Additionally, two senior ex-ministers in PIS governments have been arrested inside the presidential palace. These moves have caused those on the right of Polish politics to take to the streets in protest. How have these actions been received by the public? Many of those who voted for Tusk's alliance of parties are delighted. They see it as justice being served after eight divisive years of PS rule. However, There are concerns that Tusk is doing too much, too fast. Critics argue that no plan has been presented for how the institutions will be restored in the medium or long term. What is the central challenge facing Tusk in his quest to restore Poland's democratic institutions? The key issue is how to restore the independence of Poland's media and judiciary, which has been degraded by eight years of authoritarian PS reforms. PiS protected its changes to the state By filling legal and decision-making bodies with loyalists, and the pious-aligned President Andrzej Duda is expected to block legislative attempts to undo those reforms. What are the potential consequences of Tusk's aggressive approach? Tusk's early moves have heightened a tense political environment inside Poland. His actions have been seen as politically aggressive, and critics say they mirror the methods of his populist rivals. This has led to an escalation of a genuine political and legal crisis in Poland. What does the future
0: hold for Tusk and his government?
2: Tusk has a difficult road ahead. He must navigate the complexities of restoring democratic institutions while also dealing with his own agenda. He has promised to loosen Poland's abortion rules and will need to keep more conservative, centre-right lawmakers on side. On the European stage, Tusk will hope to soon unfreeze funds for Poland that were blocked by the European Union over peace's degradation of the rule of law. Despite the challenges, Tusk's approach seems to be what the voters want. Thanks to Simply Politics
0: reporter James for that insight into the political landscape in Poland. Now let's turn our attention stateside, where the Department of Justice has announced that former New York Governor Andrew M. Cuomo subjected female employees to a hostile work environment and retaliated against employees who spoke out about the harassment. This comes after a settlement with the state. Our correspondent for Simply Politics is here to delve deeper into this. Can you give us more details about the Justice Department's report?
3: Certainly, David. The report is based on an investigation into allegations against Cuomo, who resigned in August 2021. The third-term Democrat was found to have sexually harassed 11 women and oversaw an unlawful attempt to retaliate against one of his accusers. The Justice Department's report states that Cuomo subjected at least 13 female employees to a sexually hostile work environment involving unwelcome, non-consensual sexual contact, ogling, unwelcome sexual comments, gender-based nicknames, and comments on their physical appearances.
0: And how did the executive chamber respond when these complaints were raised?
3: The report suggests that the executive chamber's response was primarily aimed at protecting Cuomo from further accusations rather than protecting employees from sexual harassment. This indicates a significant failure in addressing the issue at hand.
0: How does this report align with the findings of the 2021 investigative report by the office of new york attorney
3: general letitia james the justice department's report strongly supports the findings of the 2021 investigative report by the office of new york attorney general letitia james it seems to be a clear endorsement from the federal government of the allegations against cuomo despite these
0: findings cuomo and his representatives continue to deny the allegations can you tell us more about their response
3: indeed Cuomo has tried to cast doubt on the allegations and his accusers. He has maintained that he was mistreated and has even considered running for office again. His representatives dismissed the settlement as a politically motivated attack. Cuomo's attorney, Rita Glavin, called it a political settlement with no investigation and stated that the Justice Department did not contact Cuomo about the matter. What does this settlement mean for Cuomo,
0: who has for years claimed he did nothing criminal?
3: The settlement is a significant repudiation of Cuomo's claims of innocence. It was struck by Governor Kathy Hochul's office, who succeeded Cuomo. Cuomo and his allies have complained about Hochul since she took office. The Justice Department, in announcing the settlement, acknowledged Hochul's efforts to correct what it said had gone awry under her predecessor.
0: After hearing from Abby about the recent developments in the case against former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, Let's now turn our attention to international politics. The Biden administration has informed Congress of its intention to sell F-16 fighter jets to Turkey, a move that follows Turkey's President Erdogan approving Sweden's accession to NATO. This proposed sale, valued at $23 billion, was formally notified to Congress following the deposit of Turkey's instruments of ratification at the State Department. Our correspondent for Simply Politics, Michael, is here to delve deeper into this development. Can you explain the significance of this sale to Turkey, Michael?
4: Certainly, David. This sale is a significant development in the relationship between the U.S. and Turkey. The F-16 fighter jets have been a top request from Turkey. The U.S. saw this as a key point of leverage in the negotiations over Sweden's NATO bid. Turkey had initially sought to involve the U.S. directly in the negotiations, a move which the U.S. rejected. However, the U.S. was aware that the F-16s could be a crucial bargaining chip if needed.
0: So, how did the U.S. use this leverage to influence Turkey's decision on Sweden's NATO bid?
4: Secretary of State Antony Blinken played a pivotal role in these negotiations. When Turkey approved Finland's accession to NATO in March 2023, Blinken worked intensively to secure Turkey's approval for Sweden's membership. During a meeting with Erdogan in February 2023, Blinken emphasized that Congress would not approve the sale of jets until Turkey allowed Sweden to join NATO. This led to the U.S., administration deciding to leverage the jets more directly in the negotiations.
0: And how did Congress and other NATO members react to this negotiation strategy?
4: Blinken had to navigate some complex dynamics. For instance, Senator Robert Menendez, then Senate Foreign Relations Chairman, had long opposed the sale of the jets to Turkey. Blinken also had to engage extensively with Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis to discuss what Greece would need to feel comfortable with neighboring Turkey receiving the jets, given the tense relationship between the two countries. After months of negotiations, Erdogan publicly committed to move forward on Sweden's accession at the NATO summit in Vilnius, which cleared the first hurdle.
0: What were the next steps after Erdogan's public
4: commitment? The focus then shifted to ensuring that the Turkish parliament would vote in favor of Sweden's NATO accession. Blinken and Turkey's foreign minister, Hakan Fadan, spoke weekly over the autumn and winter. Blinken also had extensive discussions with Greek prime minister and U.S. lawmakers to address their concerns about the F-16 sale. The Turkish parliament finally voted in favor of Sweden's NATO accession and Erdogan signed off on the instruments of ratification. This was the final step needed before the State Department sent the formal notifications about the F-16 sales to Congress. What happens next in this process? The documents from Turkey have been physically deposited in a vault at the State Department, which serves as the treaty depository for NATO. This was done to assure Congress that there is no way for Turkey to back out of the deal. Now, Congress is expected to approve both the sale of F-16s to Turkey and the sale of $8.6 billion worth of F-35s to Greece. However, for Sweden to finally become a NATO member, Hungary still needs to approve Sweden's NATO bid. That was
0: Simply Politics reporter Michael shedding light on the intricate negotiations surrounding the proposed sale of F-16 fighter jets to Turkey. Thank you for your insights. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.